0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Billboard Charts.
1: And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's deputy editor-digital. Hello, Katie. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself,
0: Keith? I am okay. I'm all right.
1: That's <laughs> I all hope I got. that improves throughout the, throughout the week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, it doesn't sound very exciting. Okay, sorry. Right. I, I'm great. <laughs> Everything is amazing. Um, yeah. Because, Yeah. Well, because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on Polo G, Migos, Bo Burnham, Twice, and Maroon 5, and that's just on the Billboard 200 Albums chart.
1: Also on the show, we've got news about Taylor Swift announcing Red as her next re-recorded album, the Foo Fighters ushering in full-capacity live shows in both California and New York, and Olivia Rodrigo graduating from high school. In honor of Olivia's graduation day, we're looking at some other pop stars who scored one or even two Billboard Hot 100 number ones by the time they were 18, so stick around to find out who is in Olivia's elite class. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast... Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com podcasts.
0: Okay, let's do the chart chat. First up, Polo G lands his first number one album on the Billboard 200 as Hall of Fame opens atop the tally, earning 143,000 equivalent album units earned in the U.S. in the week ending June 17th, of course, according to MRC Data. I said earned twice there in that sentence, just to reinforce the idea that you've earned it at number one. Uh, yeah. All three, yeah, all three of the rappers' charting albums have now reached the top ten. Hall of Fame actually leads a really busy week in the top ten on the Billboard 200 uh, as Migos's Culture Three starts at number two. Twice's Taste of Love debuts at number six. Bo Burnham's Inside the Songs, which is the companion album to his Netflix special jumps 116 to 7 after its first full tracking week of activity, and Maroon 5's new studio album, *Jordy* bows at number 8. Now, all told, it's the third top 10 album for, for Migos, the first top 10 for both Twice and Bo Burnham, and the seventh top 10 for Maroon 5, and all seven of Maroon 5's full-length studio albums have reached the top 10. So they're 7 for 7. So congrats wow. to all those folks this week.
1: I love the uh, I love the Bo Burnham news. I think it's amazing that he has a top 10 album.
0: It's cool. It's also number one on our comedy albums chart. And this is also the first time that we've had a comedy album in the top 10 on the Billboard 200 since I think it was 2015, I wrote, when Little Dicky was in the top 10.
1: I was going to guess that that's who it was.
0: I mean, it's like either Little Dicky or Weird Al, somewhere right. in, the, in that vein, somewhere.
1: <laughs> yes. Weird Al, right, Little ne- Dicky, and Bo Burnham all <laughs> in the same breath.
0: <laughs> I look I look forward to that tour. <laughs> um, all right, next up, over on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, BTS's Butter adds a fourth week at number one, becoming the group's longest leading number one on the tally. It bests the three-week rule of Dynamite its first number one uh, last September and October. Butter drew 12.5 million U.S. streams, down 19%, and sold 111,000 downloads, which was down 20%, in the week ending June 17th in the U.S., according to MRC data. It also attracted 25.8 million in radio airplay audience impressions, up 6% in the week ending June 20th just to round this out. The track posts a fourth week atop the digital song sales chart, falls 19 to 24 on the streaming songs chart, and rises 28 to 25 on the radio songs chart. Butter actually leads a static top three as Olivia Rodrigo's Good For You and Dua Lipa's Levitating hold at numbers two and three respectively. But also in the top 10, Doja Cats' Kiss Me More featuring SZA hits a new high, rising seven to four, surpassing its previous peak of number five. So congrats to Doja and SZA this week.
1: I had a quick question for you, Keith. Oh God, I hope I have an answer. When when you said Butter drew 12.5 million US streams, was that a drawn Butter uh, pun?
0: <laughs> it, it was just, it was actually in fact just Keith... Cribbing what Gary Trust wrote, so oh,
1: so if Gary wrote it, it probably was an intentional pun, then. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was probably an intentionally drawn butter.
1: But yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't mind me. Uh, I I really that, like the way Gary's mind works, and that, I, you know, <laughs> that
0: Gary, he's he's smooth like butter. You know?
1: Yes. And also, um, you know, his uh, Songs of the Summer chart uh, returns to Billboard.com this week. And um, uh, he always refers to it as the annual summary, S-U-M-M-E-R-Y, summary, S-U-M-M-A-R-Y. And every time I yeah. see it, it makes me laugh every single year. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> He's doing it all for you, Katie. <laughs>
1: He's doing it all for me. Uh Alright, so over in some news on Billboard.com, two months after Taylor Swift released her re-recorded album, Fearless Taylor's Version, the pop superstar has announced its follow-up. Red Taylor's Version, the re-recording of Swift's blockbuster 2012 album, Red, will be released on November 19th. In a note to fans, on Friday, Swift wrote, This will be the first time you hear all 30 songs that were meant to go on Red, and hey, one of them is even 10 minutes long. So she gave us a few hints there. Um, You can head over to billboard.com to read our full coverage on the news. We really, we went deep on this, um, including our writer's prediction for what those 30 songs might be, in addition to the 19 tracks on the Red Deluxe Edition. So there are already lots of theories floating around. Um, Two of the theories that our writer put forward was that Taylor might record her own versions of Better Man, which she wrote uh, during the Red Sessions and then was recorded and became a hit for Little Big Town, and Babe, which was recorded by Sugarland and featuring Taylor, so she might put her own versions of those two country songs potentially um, on the on the project. Um, also, a lot of people are speculating that the ten-minute song that she teased is the full version of All Too Well, which she famously performed at the 2014 Grammys. So um, obviously, there's a lot of other standout tracks on Red too, including Taylor's very first Hot 100 number one, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, plus. I Knew were Trouble, 22, uh, the title track, Red, and also everything has changed with Ed Sheeran. And uh I just am wondering whether it's November yet, because I feel like that's going to be a long, it's a long time to wait, November, you know?
0: Yeah, and, you know, I, we I when we talked about this, well, I mean, we've talked about this whole concept of re-recording Taylor's material at great Links in previous shows, but... One of the things that I know I brought up in the past was, you know, it's one thing for Taylor to re-record kind of her more acoustic country focused tracks that may be easier to reproduce, what would happen when she starts to re-record her more technologically advanced poppy dance stuff like yeah. I knew you were trouble. So I'm super interested to see what that sounds like in 2021. Um Yeah, it'll be
1: interesting to see if it's a full if it's a sound alike. similar like, I mean, Love Story from, you know, Fearless was pretty much a sound alike, except for like, you know, if you're a super fan, you can pick out differences. But it will be a different beast for sure to do something like the dubstep breakdown of I Knew You Were Trouble. Right. Um, Just just to note uh, the
0: uh, Fearless Taylor's version album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart. Uh, dated April 24th, with 291,000 equivalent album units earned in its first week. So will Red receive the same warm response? Will the curiosity of hearing Swift covering herself have waned a bit by November? We shall see. I know Katie will be eagerly awaiting what the new version of Red will sound like.
1: Totally. And just like uh, with, with Fearless, I think that I'm probably most excited to hear these, you know, from the vault songs that we might not even know, some of which we we might know, like we were talking about Better Man or Babe, but some of them, uh, you know, are just glints in Taylor's eye currently. So we will see uh, in other massive news. Concerts are back. It's a big that's a big it's a big week. Uh, sure. Foo Fighters played a show at the 600 Capacity Canyon Club in Agora Hills, California last week. To warm up their full capacity, warm up for their full capacity concert Sunday night at New York's Madison Square Garden. Um, Billboard had reporters at both shows, so you can read a recap from Katie Bain about the Canyon Club show and one from Brian Rowley about the MSG show, where uh, Dave Chappelle came out and sang Radiohead's Creep with the band. <laughs> sure. So that happened. Um, you know, uh, I am thrilled at the idea of concerts being back, and I myself actually sort of dipped my toe into the live music pool last week, Keith. I don't, oh, I haven't even talked oh really? to you about this yet. What did you yeah. go see? Well, I went to an event where there was live music. It was a it was a Spotify event, and it was celebrating their R and B playlist. Which I'm saying R and B, but it's it's actually spelled A R E. Ampersand B.E. is the name of the playlist that they have for R&B. <laughs> so um, they had two performers, um, Division, which is a duo out of Toronto signed to Drake, and then Lucky Day, who is a Grammy-nominated R&B singer. Um, and they each did a trio of songs um, for a room of you know journalists and other um, industry people. And uh, the, the event itself was very like it was in the open California world where um, you know, we can just go to events, but they still had us do full rapid COVID testing before we came in, so oh, okay. um, it was still very safe, but it was just incredible. I mean, the performers you could tell were so pumped, like, one of them said. It's so nice to see a crowd instead of a camera crew, you know, because they've just all been live streaming for a year and change. Um, so oh. anyway, it was it was absolutely just uh, fun. And I, it was a perfect way to kind of ease into it. But I'm looking forward to to seeing some more live music soon for sure. Was
0: this was this at a venue where you were indoors or was it outside somewhere like and 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 what was it? What did it feel like for you? Did you have some hesitancy going in or were you like, come on, let's bring it on. Like, how did you feel?
1: (laughs) It was sort of an indoor outdoor space because it was at the um, Sunset Tower Hotel in uh, West Hollywood. And they had um, the space that's like a like a dining area that opens out onto a pool. So where the um, the singers performed was the you know indoor space, but it had a wide opening right out into the outdoors as well. Um, But yeah, I think everyone had a little hesitancy like I I saw literally everyone walk in this door, you know, they had their masks on still out of courtesy to the, you know, the valets and the um, people working the front door. And then as they walked in, they realized like, oh, people inside like are unmasked because we all literally had just gotten COVID tested across the street. So um, and also not to mention, like, you know, many people are vaccinated and and felt more comfortable. And so I think there was some initial hesitancy, but then it was mostly just thrilling to um, to be an event like that. Although I think I forgot how to make small talk over the last year and a half (laughs) i didn't realize that was a skill that needed practicing until i was like uh faced with a table of people i didn't know and was like oh god what do i bring up next (laughs) so anyway (laughs) but it was yeah
0: so uh How's the bottom of your face doing? Haven't seen those in a <laughs> yeah, while.
1: Haven't seen that in a while. Oh, but I should also say I did a little write-up um, on Billboard.com uh, because we got a video from the event of Division covering ushers nice and slow. So you can watch a piece of what I saw and also read my write-up of the event um, if you are intrigued. Um, K- Katie's uh,
0: mention of of the, the foos playing MSG uh, – kind of sent me down a rabbit hole to kind of look up you know what other big names have tours coming up and this is by no means an exhaustive list but um, just in the next few months um, there are tours starting from Harry Styles, Celine Dion, The Eagles, Guns N' Roses, John Legend, Lil Baby, 21 Pilots, Maroon 5, And then we have Vegas residencies starting soon from both Usher and Katy Perry, among a number of other folks. So, I mean, it's all happening. It's all starting to happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I saw that Harry was going to be at the forum. And I wondered, I think that might like have been announced a while ago with kind of with fingers crossed, but they also haven't announced that it's not happening. So I think with everything, you know, opening up, uh, as far as we know, last week in L.A., that that likely will still happen in August, which is awesome. I might need to go down the street for that one. <laughs> and finally, uh, in in big news, Olivia Rodrigo graduated high school over the weekend. Uh, it's a huge accomplishment. It also just reminds you how young this girl is, who already has two number ones on the Billboard Hot 100. So this got us thinking about other musicians who might have topped the Hot 100 before even graduating high school. Of course, we don't know exactly you know, when all of these artists graduated or if they even did get a high school degree. I mean, these are performers who knows if they got a GED or skipped it altogether. But for this segment, we're going to stick to um, 18-year-olds and younger who have topped the Hot 100. And thankfully, Keith's counterpart in New York, Gary Trust, it's a very Gary show. It's the second time I've, I've brought him up today, um, provided us with some stats on the youngest hitmakers, which he adorably titled Teen Chartbeat, by the way. So there's there's a few dozen artists who scored number ones on the Hot 100 uh, when they were 18 or younger. Um, So we have the full list in front of us. But, you know, it's a few dozen names, so I don't want to sit here and read them all to you. But Keith and I thought we would go through a few highlights from the list. So um, first and foremost, I did want to say that there are other people who joined Olivia Rodrigo in having more than one number one on the Hot 100 by the time that they were 18. Uh, the first of which is Brenda Lee, who had two Hot 100 number ones by 15. Sure. Just, wow. You know. Uh, And then, of course, I, I knew these two would come up. Gary favorites, Tiffany and Debbie Gibson. Tiffany had two by the time she was 16, and Debbie had two by the time she was 18. And then, uh, a little more recently, we have Monica, who had two by... 18 including her um duet with brandy on the boys mine and then chris brown also had two by the time he was 18 um for those uh keeping track chris brown had kiss kiss which was featuring t-pain and the other one was run it which was his first one and he was only 16 when he went to number one with run it um keith what what stuck stuck out to you when you were looking at this list
0: by the way, I want to point out that Brenda Lee who got her two number ones, you know, when she was she got those two number ones when she was 15 back in 1960. Brenda Lee's still kicking. And you you get to hear her every year doing Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree on on all your favorite streaming playlists and radio stations. I just think it's incredible that uh, every year we still have Brenda Lee and people forget like, oh, Brenda Lee. I'm like, yes, yeah, she's still alive and she's actually not yeah, that old, really. <laughs>
1: because she was so young when she made her hits. But what might surprise people is that Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree is not one of those number ones, actually. Nope. it's <laughs> not.
0: Um, it's uh, you know, just what... in
1: case anyone cares. It, the two number ones from Brenda Lee are I'm Sorry and I Want to Be Wanted, both of which came in the year 1960 when she was 15 years old
0: i mean looking at this list i i think i forgot how young rihanna was when she had her first number Mm. one with sos she was only 18 i didn't realize that i think i kind of forgot how young she is young she was because she's still so young now yes (laughs) relatively speaking um i i didn't realize that chubby checker was only 18 when the twist went to number one back in 1960 for some reason i thought he was at least a little bit older um but it's just sometimes you just especially with like songs that are much farther in the past you 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 sometimes just forget how young or old or whatever that the artist was just because it's not very front of mind so yeah. it is interesting to look at this list of like oh wow i didn't realize that they were so young and in fact i think on this list i'm looking it looks like the youngest people um i don't have like like Exactly the age breakdown, but both uh, Stevie Wonder and Donny Osmond were thirteen back when they so, had.
1: It's so crazy. Their number
0: ones with um, Donny Osmond was number he went to number one when he was thirteen in 1971 with "Go Away Little Girl," and Stevie Wonder back when he was known as Little Stevie Wonder was only thirteen when he had his number one with "Fingertips Part 2 back in 1963.
1: And then right after that, we have Michael Jackson uh, with Ben. He was only fourteen years old. Uh, when he went to number one with that song in 1972. Um, I also noticed that we had 90s superstars, uh, Britney Spears. Uh, She scored her first number one, Baby One More Time, when she was just 17. And then uh, we had Christina Aguilera with Genie in a Bottle, also in 1999, and she was 18. So, I mean, I, I guess we think of them as being, you know, teen superstars, but like, man Brittany was only 17 that's just nuts it's nuts
0: well also I don't I mean I don't think I mean I don't know if we've mentioned Billie Eilish yet but Billie Eilish was only 17 when bad guy went to number one so mm-hmm. and you forget how young Billy is because she you know I you you forget that she actually started kind of making waves when she was much younger than 17 a number of years before that and so she's like She's basically a grown woman on the charts, but she's only been, but she's still a teenager. I mean, well, she's not a teenager, right? Actually, no. Is she still? No, she
1: is. She's she's still nineteen. She's still nineteen.
0: Wow, that's yep. just nuts. Like, what the?
1: Heck I had to you? look that up because she became Billboard's uh, Woman of the Year in December of twenty nineteen, and that's when she turned eighteen years old. And so she turned nineteen this past December, and then she'll turn twenty this coming December.
0: I don't know. It's like what were you doing when
1: you were 19? I'm like, I don't know, still trying to figure things out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um another super recent one, uh just just last year, uh I didn't know this guy was this young. Uh Josh 685 who I believe is from New Zealand. He's an artist from New Zealand. He had the uh number 1 hit with Savage Love, Lack Siren Beat which includes Jason Derulo and BTS um on the version that went to number 1 and he was only 17 years old when he got that number one so random dude you hadn't heard of from new zealand 17 uh just crazy what he's already done with his life nuts
0: it's nuts you can never be too young will we get anyone younger than 13 at number one though do you think katie
1: Hard to imagine just because you think of like, um, you know, some of the youngest recent artists that you can think of who were making hits, but not number ones. Uh, Justin Bieber being the obvious one, like when he got his start, was he 14 or 15? I think with baby Um, Shawn Mendes was 15 when he started, you know, hitting our charts. Uh, Those guys were so young and it's crazy to think about someone even younger coming along and making adult like pop music that adults want to listen to as well. Cause that's kind of the thing. It has to be a universal hit to get to number one, you know?
0: Yeah. We shall see. Um, you just never we know. We shall
1: see. But congratulations to Olivia Rodrigo. Um, uh, I have no doubt that, uh, that we will continue to see her on the charts after her graduation, but, uh, she's clearly in some good superstar company looking at Stevie wonder, Michael Jackson, these people's career did not stop. When um when they were in their teens, so I think we'll be seeing a little bit more from from her. All right. Well,
0: uh, after all that, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. And with with this chatter of about all the young folks at number one on the Hot 100, may we interest you in some elder statesmen of pop at number one? Yes. <laughs> Can you name the oldest soloist to be number one on the Hot 100?
1: So I remember when the oldest female soloist hit number one, because it was while I've worked at Billboard, I if I'm remembering correctly. But that's not your question.
0: You might be <laughs> misremembering, but okay.
1: Okay, my well, my memory was that Sia, with Cheap Thrills... Became is that wrong? Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> is she not no. even the oldest woman? Oh, no. oh, share, share. Is it share?
0: Share is the old. Share is the oldest woman at number Duh. one. She was she was fifty two when Believe hit number one in nineteen ninety nine. But she is she is not the oldest soloist. So can you name? Oh, okay. The oldest going. person that was a solo artist that went to number one.
1: So obviously this person is older than fifty two years old. um Can you can I have a year for when this hit was uh, made? I'll just say it was in the 1960s. 1960s? I, I'm not going to be able to get this.
0: All right. Is it, I'll just, somebody, I'll just,
1: is it somebody wildly famous?
0: I mean, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, you, you, you may. I mean, yes, this person is wildly famous, but it's not. <laughs> so, OK, why don't I just tell you? How about that? You just sh- you should tell me. All right, so it was Louis Armstrong with Hello, Dolly.
1: That person is wildly famous, yes. Okay. But I don't know if I would have thought of him.
0: <laughs> well, no, uh, it's 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 a curiosity. So he was 62 years and nine months old when Hello, Dolly went to number one on the Hot wow. 100 in 1964. Yeah. Um, but uh, I want to mention, here. here are the other folks, and I think this is complete, the other soloists who were at least 50 or older who hit number one. So we already mentioned Cher and she was 52 when Believe hit number one in 1999. Elton John was 50 when Candle in the Wind 1997 hit number one in 1997. Frank Sinatra had two number ones over the age of 50, Strangers in the Night in 1966 when he was 50, and then Something Stupid with his daughter Nancy when he was 51 in 1967, and And I think I think this is the the last one, but I could be wrong. So I look forward to someone correcting me. Billy Ray Cyrus was 57 when he topped the Hot 100 in 2019 as the featured artist on Little Nas X's Old Town Road.
1: Amazing. That's amazing. I didn't even think about that. And also, Billy Ray, you seem younger than that.
0: So good yeah, work! I know, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, anyways, there you have it—a um, a, a look at the really young folks at number one and some of the older folks at number one on the Hot One. I love chart. that. I love that. Um, all right, so I think we've reached the end of our big shoe.
1: Uh, any any parting
0: words, Katie?
1: Um, are you feeling like we didn't? We haven't accomplished enough yet. Are you, fe- or or alternately, are you feeling inspired by Louis Armstrong and thinking the best is yet to come? <laughs>
0: I mean, looking at this, like, I mean, anything is possible. You can be super young and have number ones. You can be older and have number ones. Though I do feel like the chances of you having a number one over the age of 50 are incredibly slim,
1: uh, and, and they're also, I feel like, less and less as time marches on. <laughs> yes, yes. It feels like, you know, when you think of like Elton John getting a number one with Candle in the Wind, I, I can't think of an example like that. But you also said Billy Ray uh, Cyrus. So, uh, you know, the, as a featured artist, seems like a, a strong possibility. Perhaps, perhaps. Possible. I mean, you never know. I mean,
0: I, I look forward to a collaboration with Ariana Grande and Barbara Streisand, and maybe Barbara can go to number one on the Hot 100, and she's a little bit over the age of 50.
1: You know what I want now that we've talked about Old Town Road? I want to know, like, um, the biggest gap in ages of collaborators, because <laughs> didn't we just determine that uh, Lil Nas X was, like, exactly 19 when uh, Old Town Road went to number one? And Billy yeah. Ray was fifty seven. So I bet I <laughs> like, bet you I bet I bet you that probably
0: is one the of one. the I that's probably the one the only one that I immediately thought of earlier, and this isn't a soloist, was when Santana, the band, um, had a couple number ones um, back in the nineties with Smooth and then um what was that Game other of song Love that wasn't...
1: Game of Love with Michelle Branch? Or no? No. No. Oh Maria one.
0: Maria yeah with the product g&b that uh-huh. the hip-hop yep. acts i'm like mm, but i don't know if santana was 57 at the time we're really just falling into a rabbit hole right now Katie. We, we should a, a really rabbit hole out. of age <laughs> um all right so what song should we go out on
1: oh gosh i have no i have no suggestions last week i came with such an uber specific suggestion so i'm gonna throw it to keith this time <laughs> okay
0: well uh why don't we listen to a little bit of shares believe to take us out
1: yes anytime um all right see you guys next time Bye.